This is the When Life Happens podcast, the real podcast all about helping real people overcome real life issues successfully. And since life never stops, let's get after it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the When Life Happens podcast. I'm your host, William Jackson, and I'm super excited because we get another opportunity to live, learn, and grow together. Recently, we've been diving into the interview that I had on the Necessary Entrepreneur podcast. And if you're interested in building a business, establishing anything of value, I challenge you to go follow them, search them out on all media platforms. So many great tools, nuggets, and gems of information that are set you up for success. But we've been diving into some of my story and how I got to where I am and how to position yourself for success in a greater way to position you to step fully into your purpose, your destiny, your dreams, and your goals, to not waste your effort, to make sure that you are strategically aligning yourself with your dreams and everything that you desire to have and to see happen in this life. I believe that you can have anything you are willing to work for. So let's go deeper and dive into the next section of the interview of this iceberg and who we are, right? I start asking the questions, what are some of the things that you're most excited about in life right now? And you really got to think, what am I most excited about in life? What are the things that light me up? What are the things that, I'm, that, that make me happy, that make me want to get out of bed? Those are inclinations that I need to be exploring that. Is this important to, as I'm sitting here, it seems like so many humans come with unique characteristics. Yes. And my observation is that's a compound of your childhood, Mm -hmm. your experiences, how you've trained and developed your brain, how you talk to yourself, Mm -hmm. right? The types of jobs you've had. It's like choices and experience throughout your life. Yeah. And so if everyone comes to us differently, do you have to have one-on-one coaching? Do you have to have one-on-one engagement to help people thinking about this process? Or do you think we're more alike than not? So I think that everything happens in an atmosphere, right? You, there's, a, there's a large benefit to one-on-one interaction for those who necessarily need it, right? Who, who, who thrive and more so that relationship connectivity, you know, it, it's, a, it's a huge benefit to that. But also you can get into the environment and the atmosphere and energy is contagious, when you go to an event and everybody's jumping or everybody's excited and it starts to reverberate through the room and that starts to catch like wildfire, something will begin to open up in you, just getting into the atmosphere. If you get into an atmosphere with a bunch of negative people, eventually you're going to start thinking negative. You're going to start talking negative. You're going to start walking with your, with your head hanging down and, and, your, and, your, and your shoulders slouched over. But if I'm around people, who are motivated every day, who get up every single day and are attacking the day, I'm going to have a different energy. So there's a there's a benefit to both. Like it's it's ha- it's the difference in being in a room, going to the gym where everybody's working out and having a trainer. Right. It's a benefit to both getting in a room 
where everybody is 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 moving and then energy and and everybody's lifting weights and you see them working hard it motivates you to work hard because i can't be around people who are working hard because then it magnifies the fact that i'm not doing anything but then if i want to take it up a notch and i really want to start fine-tuning and i want to start chiseling some things away and i want to actually live in my peak condition let me get a trainer because I need somebody who has the guidance, the experience, who can say, hey, these is what you do. This is how many reps. This is how many sets. Okay, this, you got 30 seconds break. Because when I'm working out alone in the gym, I can take as long as I want to. Right? If I want to sit down, I'm saying, oh, I'm tired. Right? But sometimes you need a trainer to say, no, you're not. So it's the same approach to life. Absolutely. So what, what I found myself is you got to get started. Yes. And it's those that are willing to take a first step for some reason. Mm-hmm that can start down a path towards some level of achievement. You talk about having a purpose. Yeah. That's the one that the coach can make the biggest difference in. Yes. Right? Yeah. That I'm not asking you to show up. Mm-hmm. You show up and give me some effort. So Gino Oriema, probably the top women's basketball coach. Oh, yeah. Pat Summit was strong. Mm-hmm. You got the lady from South Carolina that's starting to do some really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said the other day, I don't know if it was on a reel, if it was on Instagram, but somebody was interviewing him. Yeah. And uh, he's getting a little angry. Mm-hmm. in life he used to be really popular he's getting angry i don't know if it's age or they're, they're making him mad the new girls i don't know what's up but but he said there's two reasons so let's talk about if we think he's right mm-hmm. two reasons why we don't do something and only two okay so one because we don't know how mm-hmm. the second one because i just don't feel like it. that's a good assessment um don't know how, and I don't feel like it. So I'm thinking, I'm kind of buying into it, because I think if you don't know how and you still want to, yeah, at least you're going to raise your hand. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to raise your hand. If you got the right coach around you, mm-hmm. I'm assuming the analogy he was making was, hey, if you raise your hand, we recruited you, we think you know how, but if for some reason you don't know how to execute this thing and you honestly don't know how, I'm assuming his coaching staff yeah. will get right on training you. Yeah. I'm assuming, and they're going to hold you accountable. But I think his analogy was on the second one, he said, if you're somebody who you just don't feel like it, he's insinuating there's nothing I can do. Yeah. So I, I'll i take that second one a step further because I think those are, are amazing points. If you don't know how and you don't feel like it, but at the same time I think it's something to be said that if you've never been exposed to the possibility – because I can't even get to a place where I don't feel like it if I've never seen it as a possibility. The, 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 the young ladies who are at the college have been in this environment. They've been pushing, they've been developing, they've gotten to this point, they've been recruited, they have coaches, they have trainers. But if I have never seen it as a possibility then I'll never even put myself in the race because I don't even see that the race is something to be even entered into. Yep. So I think a lot of it has to do with with your environment, who you surround with, and what you've been exposed to because there are certain people who I meet from all over the, the world who have never left their city. They've never been out of it. They were born in it. They've spent their entire life in it. It's all they know. So you don't even have an awareness as to the possibility of what could be happening on the West Coast if you were literally spent your entire life on the East Coast, in your city, in your town, in your environment. 
So everything is shaped, I think, by. So my my third one will be the first one is you don't know how. Second one is just don't feel like it. Three, I've never been exposed to the possibility. So that's what you're dealing with when you write this book. Yeah. Because you're not talking to people who have already figured that out. Right. Because why write the book? So now the beautiful part about it is the title is When Life Happens because life happens to us all and life happens over and over and over again. So it doesn't matter on what level it's happening. It will happen again. So you could be in a place of success and then all of a sudden a pandemic hits. Life. What do we do? What's the strategy? What's the what's the fallback plan? Because I think one of the greatest hindrances and destructive mindsets of success and continual thriving is complacency. When I get comfortable where I am, because you never know the storm that's coming around the corner. So if I am always, let's go back to your sense of urgency. If I'm approaching every day with a sense of urgency, then I am without me knowing it unconsciously presenting this day with a proactive approach of being prepared in some type of fashion. Because if I am never in a sense where I'm working and I've reached a place where I feel like I've arrived, that I'm good here, when everything happens, when the stock market crashes, when there's a pandemic, when there is a recession and life crumbles, what's the plan? Because then we get into this place to where, okay, I was good here, then all of a sudden you snatched the rug out from under me and now I don't know what to do. Suicides at at an alarming rate are climbing. Divorce. There are so many aspects of people who are saying, okay, you know what? I thought I had it. I don't, and I don't know what to do. Oh, how important it is to surround ourselves with the right people. Absolutely. Because, you know, you're a guy that's probably a little bit more refined in the way he talks at times than me. (laughs) I'll drop a word every once in a while. So I went ahead and gave the preface to, you know, when shit happens in life. Yeah. um, Man, you need the right people around you. Yes. Because I think we wake up with this idyllic perspective that today's going to go well. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're living life right, yeah, today's going to go well. There's a lot of days it just doesn't. It doesn't Absolutely. go to plan. Mm-hmm. And even the most resilient of us, yeah, there's going to be quiet moments in our brain, in our head, that little self-talk starts to creep in. Mm-hmm. Have I had enough? Have I dealt with enough pain? Mm-hmm. Should I keep going? This feels really hard. Yeah. Do I have it in me? Stuff happens to me at times. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. The other day, someone said to me, um, so my real day career mm-hmm. is in the real estate business. Yeah. And this is just fun. <laughs> but I, I learn it. a lot. Yeah. And the real estate business has been challenging for the past six to seven months. Yeah. I've been doing this for 18 years. Mm-hmm. The company for 15 has been challenging. And I made a comment to someone really close to me. I went, you want it? You can have it. referring to the company yeah and they snapped on me quick Mm. and they said that doesn't sound like the necessary entrepreneur come on and i went damn and then right after that because i didn't respond because i'm taking in i'm usually i have a quick quip yeah they said 
what would the necessary entrepreneur say? Mm. And I'm like, man, I just created this a couple years. I've been doing this real estate company for a long time. You're not going to use my own stuff against me. <laughs> but I said, what would they say? They'd be like, suck it up and keep going. Mm-hmm. That's having the right people around you. That's what you need future friends. Right. You need people who won't allow you to make a momentary reaction in the present and forfeit your future. Because if I don't have language or insight, if, if we're best friends and I don't have language or insight to where you're headed, when you want to make a split decision, they say, you know what, if you want, you can have it. You know, I'm tired of her. Oh, you should leave her. Oh, I'm tired of this company. Just sell it. I forfeit everything by listening to people who don't have language for my future. And we get so stuck around people because of, so I'll give you a little tidbit. So my next book is a leadership book. And there's a chapter in it, it's called uh, Drinking and Pouring. And we get so sucked into the cycle of wanting to drink from places that we're supposed to pour in. Because I get comfortable with this flow. So I'm, I'm pouring into you, and because you have proximity to me, I think that you're supposed to reciprocate. So then what happens is, is that I'm pouring into you, but then when you try to pour it back into me, it's diluted. So now what I'm getting back from you is just a warped version of what I gave to you. And if I make a decision based on the warped version of information that I've given you, then I warp my whole future. So that's why it's important to be able to identify where am I supposed to drink and where am I supposed to pour? Because if I keep going back to the same places to trying to get the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. So if I don't surround myself with people who won't let me settle, then every single day when life doesn't go right, they will let me settle for the version of life that best suits, honestly, and a lot of times that best suits them. Because if they're comfortable with this version of you on this level, when you start to strive for more, then you'll start to hear some of that negativity. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I can't surround myself with people who are I don't knowers. I need people around me who if I say, you know what, I'm feeling like this. I, I have an urge. I want to open up this new business. You know, I'm ready to open up. I'm ready to go down this lane, explore this venture. Okay, let's do it. Let's figure it out what we need to do. How long do you have to plan in advance to be intentional about surrounding yourself with those people? So for me, I had to make a hard shift, right? Because, it, like I said, awareness and exposure. When I realized that the people around me, although they may have been good people, were not good for my future, I then had to make an abrupt shift because if I allowed it to linger and try to say, hey, you know, I think, now there were some people I had conversations with, some people I just had to walk away from because every time I give access to people who have no desire to see me win in the future, they will, I give them opportunity to start swaying me off of my decision. So I start having these conversations, and I'm like, you know, I feel like I just kind of need to go this way. Well, I mean, do you really? I mean, we've been we known each other for 15 years. Yeah, I know, man. Then you start, then they start to guilt trip you. Oh, come on, man, we grew up together. Like we played in the sandbox together. Now you want to try to? Sometimes I just got to make a hard shift. But when you get to that place where you know that you need to make a change, I feel like for those who don't have the strength to have those conversations is if you just just strategically start saying no more often 
you'll start seeing people weed themselves out. If you literally just start strategically saying no. Hey, we're going out tonight. You want to go? Nope. Oh, well, we come on. We always go out. No, no, I can't. Okay, cool. Then the next night. Hey, man, you want to go out tonight? No. Nah. They well, stop calling. They stop asking. Yep. So if you strategically start implementing no's, they'll do the work for you. Just become really boring. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, when, and, and most people don't, because we have such a, one, an over-obsession with time and a fear of missing out. So people want to say, okay, uh, if I don't go, what am I going to miss? If I don't get out there, uh, they're going to have a good time, and then I'm not because I'm looking at now versus in a minute. How deep do you go on this on the really people really close to you? Uh, I feel like it's necessary all the way down to your family members because when you realize that every single moment matters, I could love you, but from a distance. Because I can't give my moments to you thinking that I'll have another moment. If these are my only moments, I can't waste them surrounded by people who doubt, who who have uncertainty, who talk negative. I don't even allow negative talkers around me. I can't. It's literally, I have I start itching. It's like I break out in hives. I need to move into another room because energy is contagious. So I love you, and I've had family members. I love you. We're blood. But this is where I'm headed. And it is not a comfortable thing to do. One of the hardest things I had to do was walk away some friends who I really had deep relationship with. Like we, we, we spent 10, 15 years like growing together and building. And, you know, these were my homies. These were my brothers. These is, but I'm going this way. And it doesn't happen overnight, but the way that you continuously reinforce that thought is you have to continuously keep exposing yourself to future opportunities, to future atmosphere. Because if I keep, what happens is we'll have this one-off moment, moment of enlightenment, everything is, oh, great, I see purpose, I see clearly, I need to make a change. And so then I go back and try to make a change And then after I try to make that one change, I don't go back and fill that tank again. So then I make that change and it shifts, and then now I'm left with a void. So then now I've I've removed something, but I haven't replaced it. So now I got a void, and then eventually I start venturing back. You know what's so tough for most people to be around guys like you? What? That if you go into the depths on multiple subjects Mm -hmm. of who William Jackson is, they're going to feel like it's mixed messages. Okay. But it's not. Yeah. Because there's got to be an intentional approach to life. Because I saw an interview with you, with someone, where you talked about them in too deep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sometimes people in their relationships in life, they're going to think, man, I can't do that. Mm. I'm in too deep. Mm. However... What you know and you found out, if you don't disconnect from that person, yeah, you're going to stay right where you're at. Yeah. However, if you've, got a, <laughs> if you've got a commitment you need to make to your wife to go somewhere, yeah, you got to be committed to go all the way. Absolutely. How do we deal with these things? So I treat every scenario as a blank canvas, mm-hmm. right? Because there's 
there's no universal law for anything other than you're going to live and die, right? So being able to apply the fact that when I'm in too deep in, in the areas of my purpose and destiny, my pursuit of who I'm supposed to be, yeah, I give an analogy in a book about a marathon runner who trained for months and you run half of a marathon, you catch a cramp. Okay, I got to figure it out. What am I going to do? Am I going to stop? Am I going to turn around and try to walk all the way back after all the progress I've made? Or do I push through? Do I trust my training? Do I realize I am in too deep in this race for me to throw in the towel? Now, there are certain things that I can't throw in the towel in where I can't uh, where I have to make the choice of, okay, is this a scenario that I can disconnect from because of the toxicity, right? Is this an area to where if I stay here, it's going to kill my purpose? It, that's that's the, using the same analogy of, of, a, of a marathon runner, right? If I am running the marathon on hot coals, maybe I need to switch tracks, right? Then maybe I need to stop and say, hmm, or if I'm running – and I have the wrong shoes on, or if I need to make some adjustments, right? But if I have trained and I'm prepared and I'm pursuing my purpose and destiny, I get so far into it. And it's always going to be a moment where it's going to say, okay, life has happened. Now you got to make a choice. You keep going or you do what's easy. It's easy to throw in a towel. It's easy to say, I'm tired. It's easy. That's why most people start off working out in the beginning of the year. And you got trainers and you got all of this and this old New Year's resolutions come March. So I'm going to tell you, because I, I, I'm, a, I'm a gym rat. One of the most frustrating times <laughs> is between January and April in man, the gym. come on, man. There ain't nobody in those gyms at that time. <laughs> I know there is. Everybody's in the gym. And here's the thing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. But it's, it's starting something without having a plan to consistently carry it out. Because it's 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 so many times where we start these 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 ideas, these dreams, these relationships, these businesses, but I don't have a strategy to sustain it. And so I get out here and I'm trying to figure it out. And when it doesn't work, I don't have a plan. I'm going off of I'm a wing it. I'm going to just figure it out. Now, that works in some areas, but you have to have a plan or some type of strategy to fall back on. And it's, it's crazy because I've done some of these assessments, a lot of these assessments. Think about your link, your, your thinking style, you know, um, your brain dominance, you know, your disc assessment. And I'm equally left and right brain. Right. So I see things from a creative, you know, fluidity. Let's just figure it out. Let's dream. Let's. But then I also very quickly get to a place where I say, but I need a plan for the vision. A lot of visionaries live in the vision. But then we need a plan of execution. Right. So getting to a place to where and that's, you know, on the business side, you know, my company, we 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 train and develop companies in terms of their diversity, equity and inclusion and belonging, their customer service, their infrastructure, their branding. And one of the main things I see is that people started an initiative without a plan. And you start it. And if you don't have a plan, you're going to hit that wall and you have nothing to fall back on. Why is that? Why is it if we don't start with the plan, but we still get started? What is it about that process that you're going to hit the wall and quit? Because there's always going to be a a moment of difficulty that you can't prepare for. So the energy and the, you know, I'm going to get started. That's great. You need that in order to get started. 
But if you don't take the time to then plan when you reach that moment where it doesn't go your way and it will happen where it doesn't go as you anticipated or expected, you're going to hit that wall. And if you don't have something to fall back on and say, okay, this is how I got this far. So is it I'm an agreeable guy. You're a smart dude. You've written a book <laughs> I haven't. A lot of people come in here and have written books. But in that moment, isn't purpose more important? It depends on the person because um, – Because every plan I've made, yes, none of them have gone to plan, man. Right. I mean, every life plan I've – every one mm-hmm. that has any substance to it, every one of them. Yeah. Some have come closer, but none of them. And I just accept in the beginning, like, I'm going to make a plan yep. to get me started. It's based upon the goals I have. Mm-hmm. But I know I already go on – just the acceptance that I know it's not going to go to plan helps me. Yeah. And then if I'm so focused, me personally, on the purpose, like, man, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. So many people talk about the why, but it's important. Like, what in my life do I need to have? Yes. What in my life do I need to do that if I don't keep going, yeah. I'm not going to have it? Yeah. So both of them work hand in hand. Okay. You know, so that's what I said. Is you need both. You need the energy, you need the desire, but you also have to have the discipline of the plan. Mm-hmm. Because at one point or the other, one of them is not gonna go the way you want. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna always feel it, but if you have the discipline, you'll keep going. And then if you get to that place where it's not working, then you have the will to push past it. So you need both in order to be successful. And you can start without one or the other. But you have to be strategic about establishing both. Because if I don't have a why and I don't have a plan and I get out here and do something, because a lot of times we do that, we get out and we start something because somebody said, this is what you're supposed to do. Oh, you're good at this. You need to do that. Oh, you're supposed to be this. You're supposed to be that. So then we start down these pathways without a why and without a plan. And then we get halfway down and realize I always say, you know, people say, if, if at first you, you don't succeed, try, try, and try again. I always say, if at first you don't succeed, figure out if you were supposed to try in the first place. How am I supposed to know that this was the path I was supposed to go down? If I tried it and it didn't work, okay, and if I don't have a why that's pushing me and I don't have a plan of execution, am I really supposed to be down here? It Does this even matter to me? Am I just existing is that okay if you get there and you realize it it isn't or doesn't yeah because everything i think when you go back to the evolution of life and knowing that there are always going to be ebbs and flows and there's going to be mountains and valleys and ups and downs but it's how you manage the downs that determine how long you stay up right so you get to the place of understanding that there's going to be moments and one of the greatest things uh, I, I keep referencing the book, but the, one of the uh, last, last chapters. Books, man? No, <laughs> I'm trying to help people. <laughs> one of the last chapters I talk about um, what I call the shooter's mentality, right? Stephen Curry um, is arguably the greatest shooter of all time, right? He can pull up from the parking lot. You got to guard him getting out of bed. I've seen that commercial. I love it. But what happens is I've seen nights where Steph Curry comes out and goes three for 30 but he keeps shooting because shooters shoot. And what happened, majority of times, people get into the aspect where they miss a shot, they miss another one, and they miss another one, and they stop shooting. The shooter's mentality is being able to quickly move on from my last miss. 
I missed that shot. That's okay. Because I believe I'm going to make the next one. And I missed five in a row. I missed 10 in a row. I missed 15. But I'm a shooter. Shooter, shoot. All I know is I got to hit one. Albert Einstein, 1,000 tries. Light bulb. All I know, I know I, I messed up all of these times in the past, but I only have to get it right once. So how important is it, though, to evaluate on those 27 misses if he's not doing something right? So I think, too, you have to – if you've put the work in before the game, then you know your mechanisms, right? You have that – that's that that plan to fall back on, right? He knows how to shoot. So if I'm if I'm not getting enough elevation, enough rotation on the ball, but I put the work in to trust my shot, because a lot of people get into the game, but they haven't put the work in in practice. So you get out here and you start shooting and you're missing because you haven't trained. You haven't had a plan. You haven't done the work. So we get out here and we're trying to make stuff happen on a grand scale. And, you know, I heard wise man once said that, that the, the, the time to be ready is not the time to get ready. You got to be ready when the time presents itself because the opportunity of a lifetime only lasts within the lifetime of the opportunity. So getting to the place where I, I've trusted the work that I've put in, I know what I've done behind the scenes. That's how I have the confidence to keep shooting because I know I've shot thousands of reps. I know how to shoot. So either I could be not uh, or I, I can make adjustments, but I keep continuing to shoot because I trust the work that I've put in. And most people get to that place where it's like, okay, I'm missing, but then at the same time, did I put the work in? Did I get out here and try to start this business without actually doing some accurate market research? Did I try to figure out what other people are doing in this space? Did I try to figure out who is thriving here and how can I learn? How can I grow? How can I develop? Or is it just, okay, I want to I wanna do that? Because that's one of the most dangerous things anybody could ever do is to try to duplicate what someone else did or is doing because you want what they have because if you want what i have or the platform that i'm on or the opportunities that i have then what you also have to want and desire is everything i had to go through because that shaped who i am for this well that's all the time that we have for today thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the when life happens podcast i hope that you found this episode both impactful and inspiring before you go like and share the show subscribe to it leave us a comment rate us and review us on all podcast platforms your engagement helps us reach more people and create a better show but the fun doesn't have to stop here if you're interested in more resources and tools of how to live a fulfilled life and step fully into your purpose or purchase your copy of the life-changing book, When Life Happens, head over to www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com for more information. Until next time, keep rising, keep thriving, and remember that no matter what life throws your way, you have everything inside of you you need to overcome and succeed when life happens.